A maritime law expert says the Philippines can ask more in a possible joint exploration deal with China, pointing out Manila owns the West Philippine Sea. Meanwhile, Vice President Lenny Robredo asserts Beijing must first recognize Manila's ownership before finalizing an agreement. New Philippine Chief Justice Diosdado Peralta lays out a 10-point agenda as he leads his first flag-raising ceremony at the Supreme Court. And the Philippine Armed Forces vows to fight terrorists after an ISIS leader dies during an American raid in Syria. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. The Philippines can ask for a bigger portion in its possible joint exploration deal with China, according to maritime law expert Jay Batongbakal. He explains the 60-40 sharing agreement is a minimum requirement under the Philippine Constitution because Manila owns the resources. But he also says a 60-40 deal with China is not enough to ensure that the joint exploration agreement is fair. The Philippines must be the one that ultimately decides. Since we are the owner of the resource, theoretically we could go much higher. Um, it now depends on the other party. If uh, when we are facing uh, private contractors like uh, Shell and Chevron and all of these other uh, players, usually their argument is that um, 60 uh, or 40 percent share in the profits is enough for them, since they will be paying for all of the uh, exploration costs as well as the development costs, and that's really how the system was uh, designed. The Philippines retains supervision and control of the activities, even under this uh, MOU, under this joint development scheme. If uh, it turns out that the Philippines has essentially relinquished that sole supervision and control of these activities, then it will already be going against the Constitution. Batong Bakal also believes the Philippines should pursue striking a deal with other partners and not limit any joint exploration to China. It's misleading to think that only China has that ability and the capability to enter into a joint development contract with the Philippines. No? If you're looking at capability per se, we have been, uh, we've had these service contracts with many other entities. I don't see any reason why it cannot consider similar partnerships now with, say, Vietnam or Malaysia or any of these other partners in this region. A party-less group disputes the pronouncements of National Security Advisor Hermogenes Esperon Jr. Bayan Muna asserts a joint exploration deal with China will not benefit to make that benefit the Philippines. The group's chairperson, Neri Colmenares, says an agreement with Beijing would be unconstitutional and it would put, put Manila on the losing end of the deal. Colmenares cites the Joint Marine Seismic Undertaking, or Jimsu, agreement entered into by the Arroyo administration in 2005. He claims back then... Beijing did not share information about natural resources in the area with Manila, violating their deal. Bayan Muna and Colmenares were petitioners in council in the 2008 petition against the Jimsu. Vice President Lenny Robredo opened to a deal with China on one condition. China must first accept the arbitral ruling that backed Manila's claim over the West Philippine Sea. Robredo said this must be one of the basic demands of Philippine government before we enter into any agreement with China. China has first to recognize our ownership and sovereignty over the area that will be subject to a joint exploration. Mm -hmm. Kasi yun naman yung pinag-aawayan, di ba? We filed, we filed the case. 
China would not honor the decision of the arbitral tribunal, joint exploration is allowed under the Constitution, provided that hindi tayo lugi. The camp of Vice President Lenny Robredo also seeking immediate action on the electoral protest filed against her. For Robredo's camp, there is no other logical decision but a dismissal of the case. After an initial recount showed, her votes increased by 15,000 over her rival, former Senator Bongbong Marcos. Robredo says any further delay will only give Marcos more room to spread lies. If he really won in these three provinces, why would he ask for another three provinces, natapos na yung tatlo, pagkatapos sasabihin mo, tatlo pa nga uli, ay that's already a violation of the rule because you are actually asking for six provinces, which is clearly a violation of the rule. So, okay. that's Very why quickly. in our comment, we would be saying that yeah. we will vehemently object to any, uh, any rule that would uh, give them the chance to uh, open these three provinces from the uh, Mindanao Sa area. Sa kanilang took, what, more than a year? to finish three provinces. Pero kahit hindi siya matatapos, ang gusto namin, madismiss na siya now. Kasi una, magastos for us. Ah, Siyempre, nagbabayad kami ng watchers. Eh, may utang pa nga ako karan sa Supreme Court kasi I could not come up with the amount that I should deposit. Pangalawa, and this is more important, yung continuation of the case is give, giving Marcos the platform to continue making the public believe his lies. Robredo's camp has yet to see the official documents of the vote recount. They will file a manifestation before the courts today to access the documents. Meanwhile, newly appointed Philippine Chief Justice Diosdado Peralta lays out a 10-point agenda during his first flag-raising ceremony as the country's top magistrate. Our correspondent Mike Navalio filed this report. Chief Justice Yusada Peralta attended his first flag-raising ceremony this morning and addressed his fellow justices and Supreme Court employees as sub-magistrate for the first time. In his speech, Peralta thanked Supreme Court employees for their support and also thanked President Duterte for entrusting the leadership of the judiciary to him. He also bared his 10-point plan for the high court. Among the reforms he promised to initiate are addressing the backlog of cases, implementing and continuing revisions to procedural rules, automating court processes, and improving procurement procedures. Peralta also said he will look into strengthening the security of judges and justices, monitoring their performance, investigating cases against them without complaints, and harmonizing the functions of the Judicial Integrity Board with the Office of the Court Administrator. He has this to say about his brand of leadership. As the 26th Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, and as a long-time public servant, I will lead by example. Secondly, to achieve our goals and aspirations, each and everyone in the judiciary must be guided by this motto, which should now by heart, let us be united and let us follow the rules. Six of the 12 sitting justices were present. The wife of C.J. Peralta, Court of Appeals Associate Justice Fernanda Peralta, was also present. President Duterte has yet to appoint a replacement of retired Associate Justice Francis Ardelesa and Senior Associate Justice Antonio Carpio, while the Judicial and Board Council has just opened the period for nomination or application for the Associate Justice post vacated by Peralta when he assumed the top magistrate post. Peralta will serve until his retirement in March 2022. 
In other news, the Philippine National Police on full alert in preparation for All Souls Day. Some 35,000 police officers will be deployed to secure public safety. Meanwhile, the city government has banned vendors at the Manila North Cemetery ahead of the holiday. Clearing operations have been conducted ahead of the expected deluge of visitors this week. Millions are expected to flock to what's considered one of the oldest and largest cemeteries in the metro. Over in Cubao, Quezon City, it's starting to look busy at the Araneta bus terminal where early birds are already heading out of town for the break. Security has been tightened with transport officials inspecting buses and checking on the drivers. So far, the crowd remains at manageable levels, but it's expected to peak Wednesday and Thursday. The Metro Manila Development Authority is also deploying additional personnel to patrol roads this weekend. MMDA Chairman Danilo Lim said over 2,300 personnel will be positioned near major cemeteries in Metro Manila. Others will be deployed to bus terminals, airports and seaports to ensure the safety of passengers traveling to provinces. News overseas now, one of the world's most wanted men, now gone. U.S. President Donald Trump confirmed the death of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. And as this report tells us, the leader of the Islamic State terror group supposedly killed himself during an American military raid. Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is dead. The leader of Islamic State has been killed in a U.S. military operation, President Donald Trump announced on Sunday. He died like a dog. He died like a coward. The world is now a much safer place. Trump said Baghdadi had dragged three of his children into a tunnel as U.S. forces closed in. There, he detonated an explosive vest. His body was identified by DNA 15 minutes after he was killed. The offensive reportedly took place after midnight in Berisha, a village in Syria's northwestern Idlib province near the Turkish border. This eyewitness says he woke to the sound of planes and went outside, where he was confronted by soldiers who told him to get on the ground and handcuffed him. Trump hinted that something was afoot late on Saturday, tweeting, something very big has just happened. He's faced withering criticism for his withdrawal of U.S. troops from northeastern Syria, which allowed Turkey to attack America's Kurdish allies. Many critics had expressed concerns that the withdrawal could lead the Islamic State militancy to regain strength. But the announcement about Baghdadi's death may help blunt those worries. Baghdadi's demise demonstrates America's relentless pursuit of terrorist leaders, and our commitment to the enduring and total defeat of ISIS and other terrorist organizations. On Sunday, Trump thanked other countries for their role, naming Russia, Turkey, Syria and Iraq, as well as the Syrian Kurds for the support they had given. The international community is cautious despite America's announcement of the Islamic State leader's death. Russia's defense ministry said it does not have reliable information on that U.S. raid. For French President Emmanuel Macron, it is just a stage in the fight against the terror group. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson echoes Macron, saying the battle against Daesh is not over. Daesh is the Arabic acronym for Islamic State. Meanwhile, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu congratulated U.S. President Donald Trump for what he calls an impressive achievement. This reflects the 
united resolve of the free countries led by the United States to fight the forces of terror, the terror organizations and the terrorist states. Uh, this is an important milestone, but it's part of a longer battle which we must win. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saluted U.S. military and intelligence for their heroism, but she hit Trump for not notifying congressional leaders when he informed Russians about the mission. Here at home, the armed forces of the Philippines vows to continue to fight terrorists and thwart their attempts to ride on this development. The AFP adds it will build on its triumph in Marawi City to prevent ISIS from recruiting new members. The UAAP men's basketball final four is set and that's left to be determined or all that's left to be determined is if the two-time defending champions Athenaeo Blue Eagles will go straight to the finals. Athenaeo moved closer to an automatic final seed after routing the NU Bulldogs this past weekend. The Blue Eagles improved to 13-0 this season. Another victory against the UAAP Maroons on Wednesday will give them a sweep of the eliminations with an automatic spot in the championship round as incentive. Now, if that happens, the semifinals will have a stepladder format with third and fourth seeds FEU and USD facing off. The winner advances to battle second-seeded UP. Whoever comes out of those matches will go on to face Ateneo in the finals. However, if the Maroons defeat the Blue Eagles on Wednesday, Ateneo will take on the fourth-seeded USD Tigers, while UP will face the Tamaraos in the semis, with higher-seeded Ateneo and UP holding the twice-to-beat advantage. Education and politics will help convince world leaders to act on the pressing issue of climate change. That's the answer that sealed Miss Puerto Rico's win as Miss Earth 2019. The highlights of the competition from MJ Felipe. 85 lovely candidates from different countries around the world gathered Saturday night for the coronation night of Miss Earth 2019. The Philippines' Beth Janelle T made it to the top 20, as well as Miss Ghana, who became popular during the pre-pageant activities because of her Tagalog punchlines, but both failed to make it to the next round. Belarus, Czech Republic, USA, and Puerto Rico made it to the top four, who answered the final question about climate change. How can they convince world leaders to act on climate change? Part of Puerto Rico's answer was... Not only lack of education, but also the ignorance and not wanting to inform themselves of the fact that we are living on a planet that is our biggest home and we have taken advantage of it instead of putting back what it is giving to us. This answer convinced the judges and gave her the title Miss Earth 2019. Belarus! Alison Manenok of Belarus was crowned Miss Earth Fire. Czech Republic. Miss Earth Water went to Clara Vavruskova from Czech Republic. USA. And Emani Davis from the USA got Miss Earth Air title. We just became part of a big platform that is much bigger than who we are as candidates. It allows us to connect to a much bigger audience and the way that we can, you know, promote the, our advocacies and caring for the environment is with togetherness. Puerto Rico's trainer, Roger Flores of Cagandahang Flores, says Pimentel's hard work paid off. Yung focus niya is sobra. So talagang uh, she wanted to learn more. 
So, wala siya na miss na day for training. The newly crowned Miss Earth promises to be back in the Philippines to know more about the beauty and the culture of our country. MJ Felipe, ABS-CBN News. And before we go, for the first time ever, the Los Angeles City Hall is illuminated in the colors of the Philippine flag in celebration of Filipino-American History Month this October. Several Philam City officials and key community leaders hosted the festive lighting ceremony. Los Angeles County is home to some 375,000 Filipinos, representing the largest population of Filipinos in North America. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.